The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to an Ask Me Anything episode of the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to get our hands dirty and talk marketing strategy and execution to set the strategy and overcome marketing obstacles facing a member of the MarTech Podcast community. Joining us for today's Marketing Strategy AMA is Rachel Lanzarotti, who is a pain recovery specialist based in San Francisco that focuses on supporting people suffering from chronic back pain using an approach called the REST method. And today, Rachel and I are going to chat about how she can create and implement a marketing strategy as a local service provider. Okay, here's our interview with Rachel Lanzarotti, the founder of The Rest Method for Pain Recovery. Rachel, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you, Ben. Looking forward to our conversation. It's very exciting to have you here, and this is something that's new for the MarTech podcast. Most of the time, we're spending our time talking to people who are marketing professionals, and your background is in helping people recover from back pain, and you are a marketer as a function of your business, but that's not really your primary area of focus. So excited to talk to you about your business as a local service provider, and hopefully we can help you promote the REST method to your customers effectively. Great. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So let's get into the details. First, I want to learn a little bit about you and your background, and and let's talk about your business so we have some context for what you're trying to accomplish. Tell us about you and about the services that you provide. As you said, I'm a pain recovery specialist focusing on low back pain, although certainly I have people come to me with knee pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, and all kinds of other health conditions. I created the REST method for pain recovery because I want you to be able to wake up refreshed and move through your days capable and energized. Great. You know, as hopefully a former sufferer of back pain, I had a back issue probably close to 10 years ago that resulted in me having surgery. And I could talk at length about how that impacts you not only physically, but also mentally. So I I appreciate the area that you're working in, and I'm excited to try to help you. Tell me a little bit about your business, about the REST method, and what you're trying to accomplish. 
Well, what I've found in the people that I work with, and as you mentioned, experiencing chronic pain can be a real obstacle to feeling like they're able to show up 100% at work and also in home life and community life. And I want a world where we feel better and can show up 100% in the ways that really matter. So what I've developed with this method, it's a clear, simple framework with tools to help reset, energize, stabilize and strengthen and transform. And you can see that the REST of those four pillars is what goes into creating the rest of the rest method. And as we go along, I'm happy to talk more about what each of those pillars includes. What I bring into this method is all of the tools of movement, breath, mindfulness, working with daily routines and habit change. Some people might recognize this as um, being informed by yoga, yoga therapy, and somatics. It's an approach that's very adaptive and personalized uh, to the individual and focused on their particular goals and conditions for recovery. So tell me about how you think about who your customers are. Obviously, they are people that are suffering from back pain, but what do you know about the people that are suffering from chronic back pain? And where do you think you can find them? So the people who come to me are often accomplished professionals. They are juggling professional role and family time. They're often coming to me after repeated flares, reoccurrences of chronic pain. And often they've already been through the ringer of seeking information and help from a variety of practitioners, trying to get more information about what's causing the pain and even more so what they're able to do about it. I have a particular focus in working with men with back pain and especially dads. And this is something that kind of emerged organically in my practice and came as a surprise because I had been working a lot with older San Franciscans for many years, also around pain conditions, but also things like life transition and just generally kind of getting stronger, staying stronger on falls prevention. So why have you started to focus more on working with men? You're segmenting your audience to basically 50% of the population. Why is that popping up as a target for you? Working with men started popping up for me, as I was saying, fairly organically in their practice. I just looked around one day at who the clients were who were coming to me, and there was a large group of my clients who were men in their 30s and 40s, often with two or three kids, sometimes new parents, but often they were having a second or a third child. And they were coming to see me because they were really seeing the limitations in how they were able to parent. They weren't able to play with their kids to the extent they wanted to. They weren't able to lift or pick up their child safely, for example, without their back going out. So there were some very specific areas around parenting that was really a priority for them that was bringing them to see me. And they were also noticing effects in their work life. For example, many of them are in very high-level management or executive positions. They required a lot of travel and finding ways to travel safely that wouldn't, again, exacerbate the pain or being able to be fully present at work was important to them. So because I took a look around and noticed who actually was coming to me, I became really interested in that. And what I noticed was, and this is, of course, a generalization based on the guys that I've been working with, 
that while they may have seen a number of different practitioners to try and get answers about what was going on with them, there weren't very many people in their lives who they shared information with about the particular frustrations, stress, and sometimes even shame of experiencing chronic pain and looking for solutions to pain recovery. If they were partnered, often they would just talk to their partner. But I really saw a need there in terms of offering a specific professional support partner for pain recovery for these guys who may not have very many other places where they could do that work. So as a relatively new parent in his 30s to 40s, that is a business professional and somebody that's had chronic back pain, I think really what you're saying is my target audience are the most stressed out people on the planet. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And as much as I kid, stress is obviously a factor, but you bring up an interesting point of the problem that you're trying to address while it is chronic back pain is generally set off by an acute instance like, ooh, I threw out my back trying to pick up my kid because I'm stressed at work. And it is not something that your target market is likely going to publicize, right? They talk privately to their wives, husbands, significant others about the problem, but very few people are going on saying, okay, going on to social media or broadcasting, I have a back pain problem and it's crippling. Where do I go ask for help? That's right. Maybe that is the case some of the time, and we'll talk about how to capture that audience and reply to the people that are publicizing it. But for the most part, these are acute instances where people are searching for help, not knowing where to go. Now that we understand a little bit about the audience and you're really going to need to find people when they have these flare-ups while they're looking for services, talk to me a little bit about how you think of positioning your brand. How are you thinking about the REST method and talking about your services? You and I are having this conversation at a really interesting time for me, which is that I have been going through a formal rebranding process. My business name is Five Rivers Yoga Therapy. And I have been operating as Five Rivers Yoga Therapy for about a decade and working in yoga for about 20 years. I'm also a social worker. So as I have looked at making this shift, what I realized is that for many people, when they hear the word yoga or other terms or ideas that might be closely connected with that, for many of us, I think there's a set of associations, images, ideas that kind of immediately pop up along with that. And that's partly because of how yoga has developed in the marketplace in the West, you know, with a strong association with exercise, studio classes, spandex tights, you know, all of that. I feel like when people think of yoga, they think of two different crowds. And I am stereotyping here, but there's either the sort of hippy-dippy yoga practitioners or the Lululemon crowd. And the 30 to 40-year-old men don't necessarily always feel comfortable and don't necessarily relate with either of those groups. Yeah. And what many don't know is that there is a strong stream in yoga that is much more about therapeutic applications. So we could look at it on the one hand as yoga as exercise, yoga as an activity, Um, but there's also yoga as a wellness modality. And historically, when we're talking thousands of years, was a one-on-one kind of one teacher, one student that was very personalized, um, very adapted to the needs and learning of the student. I guess the overview is that I've been looking to get away from the, um, shall we say, liturgy of yoga and some of the language and assumptions around that and to really speak more about the benefits of a clear, simple framework with specific tools that are body-mind tools 
that can help us feel good in our bodies, right? To feel good in your body as a dad, that can teach how to find strength from the inside out with a confident core, some right movement at the right times, and practices of active rest or active relaxation. So it's really finding a different way to talk about this that will speak to the right audience so that I can help them and they can feel better. Okay. So in terms of a brand positioning, you're moving away from the yoga-centric or holistic approach and trying to brand your service in a way that makes it seem like it is more approachable and less, lack of a better term, hippy-dippy. So men in their 30s and 40s feel like they are seeking a solution that fits them. Yeah. How does that sound to you? You've said that this is something that at one time in your life you could have benefited from. Yeah, I think that you're going the right direction. I think that the rest method, in terms of positioning, A, it sounds like you get to rest and recover, which is probably something that a lot of the men that you're facing, they're just trying to do everything all of the time and be the providers and keep everyone happy. And rest sounds nice. Yes. And the R stands for reset. And I want to be clear that the rest is not the rest of a collapse or the rest of a sedation, right? It is an active, deliberate, and intentional rest. And there are some specific tools and practices that I teach um, that can be really supportive and nourishing and are also very deliberate. Yeah, I think that moving away from the holistic burning sage and incense while you are in a room with people in yoga pants and that's going to make your back better. Like, I think that's probably what a lot of men think of yoga. And again, like I said, I'm kind of stereotyping here, but I think that making it more about the methodology and less about the holistic approach and the connection between mind and body and pain, even though that is likely to be something that is true. I think that your repositioning is one that's going to make it more approachable to your target market. I think that it's also going to make it more descriptive about the problem that you're trying to solve. And so to me, where I described you as someone who is trying to solve the problem of chronic back pain, like anchoring on the rest method helps you solve your back pain as opposed to pain in general, I think will help people that are looking for solutions feel like there is a connection between the problem that they're having and the service that you're offering. So I might emphasize the back pain specialty in your description of what the rest method does to bring the problem home when you're getting into focusing on local search. So yeah, I mean, for the most part, I agree that moving away from the holistic messaging towards something that is a methodology specifically that addresses back pain is the right direction. Talk to me about some of the things that you've tried in terms of reaching the target market that you're interested in approaching and what's worked and what hasn't. So as I mentioned, this is a fairly new rebranding process for me. So some of the methods that I've used in the past as Five Rivers Yoga Therapy may or may not still be useful. But what I've been focusing on so far is, first of all, building an even stronger and even more focused network of local practitioners in a variety of modalities. So this is something that's always been really important to me because I think a strong referral network means that I can be a better resource to my clients. If they come in to see me and they would really benefit, for example, from some manual therapy, right? Working with a massage therapist, I like to be able to refer them to somebody who's really skilled and experienced and trusted. So that's just one example. So I've been continuing to build that network and it is very 
time-consuming work because it's about building individual relationships across a variety of different kinds of practitioners, acupuncturists, physicians, physical therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists. And I think it's of great value, but it does take time. In the past and currently, most of my client referrals come to me by word of mouth either from other individuals who've seen me or from their practitioners. So that's why I put time there. I also have been doing outreach to what I'll call healthcare organizations or institutions that can be referral sources. I have taught for many years and worked on research studies myself, both developing protocols and also teaching interventions with UCSF and specifically the UCSF Osher Center for Integrative Medicine. And for many years, that's been a great referral source for clients. Again, people who are seeking more of a wellness, health, or medical context for the solutions to their chronic back pain, going through a trusted source like that. There are a number of other providers and clinics in the San Francisco Bay Area that I'm looking to develop relationships with. So going out and giving presentations, meeting those practitioners. I'm also going to be giving a community workshop specifically for dads on the topic of chronic back pain and pain recovery at an organization here in town called Natural Resources. And I'm really excited for that as well, because again, it's direct community contact. Now, in terms of the areas where I'm hoping that you'll be able to help me and where you have expertise, I'm up on social media, right, with Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, I do a regular newsletter, currently bi-monthly. I'm also searchable on Yelp and Google. Although I'm finding, you know, this is where I would really like your input, that as I've been making this switch to the REST method for pain recovery, it's been difficult to figure out how to create that for local SEO and for the right people to be able to find me there. Let me just recap some of the things I'm hearing, and we'll cover a couple of different topics in terms of what you can do to optimize your marketing efforts. First off, you have a pretty good understanding of who your customers are. You're reaching for a demographic that is male. You have a good understanding of their age range. You have some of the life events that are happening. They are working professionals. They are likely to be new parents. Those are the things that you can actually target. So as you think about investing marketing budget, some of the targeting criteria that are available, if you're going to do social media advertising, you can start to target working professionals. You could target by age. You could target by people that have families. In terms of geographic targeting, you have to target people that are in your local area because that's where you are a service provider. In terms of brand, I feel like you're headed in the right direction. And the more that you can play up the idea of specifically solving a problem, you know, the most important thing when you're putting a marketing strategy together. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Is understanding how your customers think about the problems that they're having And if this is a problem that they don't want to talk about publicly, understanding what are some of the other signals that they broadcast when they do have pain, and then how they're thinking about describing the problem. You know, are they looking to solve a chronic problem? Are they looking to solve a flare-up? And then address that in your marketing message. For example, if people that are actively looking to solve a chronic back problem think of their problems being in phases you want to position your service to be about stopping back pain before it gets out of control, right? Then when it is a acute instance, not a chronic problem, or when you have a flare up. So stop the flare ups before they become a fire. Mm. In terms of the marketing strategy, it's interesting because you're a business to consumer product. You work with people one-on-one, but I do think that you're getting it right in the sense of you need a B2B and a B2C strategy. By that, I mean your best chance at filling your calendar is going to be working with organizations that can make referrals to you on a regular basis. So your partnership with UCSF, cultivating the relationships with all of these multiple care providers, I think is the right strategy. There's also the idea of going to events and conferences. Think about getting a booth at the, maybe even the local Marathon Runners Association or wherever you find people that are likely to have back pain, have a presence there. And I think that you could probably find some places where they are aggregating or the care providers are aggregating. You mentioned that it's challenging to cultivate all of these relationships. So my guess is that you're doing a lot of manual work in terms of your outreach and you're saying the same things to a lot of people. And there are MarTech tools, MarTech being marketing and technology, Hmm. since you're not a marketer by trade. There are MarTech tools that are out there and email marketing automation tools that you can use to templatize your outreach. And this is one of the things that I do a lot for the MarTech podcast, where whenever I am inviting a guest to be on the show, I have a standard template that I am sending them. I use a service called MixMax where I can do something that's called a mail merge, which is I am taking a list of providers that I want to reach. I am putting their information into a spreadsheet. So what is their name? What is their business? What is their contact information? What is the reason why I think that they are relevant for outreach? Uploading all of that information into this tool called MixMax, and then I am sending them a template of an email that I think will be a reason for them to engage with me. And I could send out a larger blast of all of these emails at once and then just field the responses as they come in. And often those emails are sequences. And by that, I mean, it's a series of multiple emails. So the example that I use for, let's say, finding sponsors for the MarTech podcast, I look at people that are sponsoring events that are digital marketing events. 
I send them emails that say, hey, person's name, I saw that you were a sponsor of this specific event. And because you work at this specific company, I think that the MarTech podcast can help you reach a large audience of marketing professionals. Here's some facts about the show. I would love to engage with you. I am sending that email in batches of 40, 50 emails at a time, and then responding to the emails for a month before I start to reach out to other people. So you're able to batch all of this work and it helps you become more efficient. Hey, let me find 50 people that I want to reach out to, send them a message that is appropriate, pipe in all of the variables to let them know that I am actually paying attention to who they are. It comes off as a personal one-on-one -on -one email, but allows you to put all that work together. So you spend two to three hours doing your outreach instead of 10 hours across a month doing it manually. And then you send a couple follow-up emails. And so I would advise you to look into a tool called Mixmax. It costs somewhere between $25 to $75 a month, depending on how you want to use it and how many of their features you need. But reasonable cost and it'll help you evaluate whether your outreach campaigns are being successful. And then all you have to do is field the incoming emails. And even with the incoming emails, your responses can be very templatized. For people that say, hey, I'm interested in hearing more, you write the response email of great, here are the next steps. So that'll help you become more efficient with your B2B strategy in terms of engagement. And be strategic in terms of the programs that you're putting together in terms of what events you're going to. Make sure that you're targeting events that are going to be focused on reaching people locally because you are so geographically restrained. The other thing from a B2B strategy is putting together a referral program. As much as the purpose of what you're doing is going to be about helping people and there is something you know noble and honorable about that, you're running a business and so are the people that you're working with. So you know, helping them understand what incentive they have to choose you as a provider, whether it is you will promote their services, whether you will create content for them, whether there is a monetary incentive you can provide. Help people understand that if they make a referral to you, how you can help them in response and formalize that program, or at least understand the value that you can provide back. That goes a long way. Being concrete about if you help me find customers, here's what I can do for you and trying to formalize that program. Those are the things that I think you could do in terms of creating business to business relationships. Thinking about your business to consumer outreach. I think you have the makings of a lot of the strategy right. Thinking about your local visibility is very important, right? When people have these acute issues related to back pain, they're probably going to Yelp, Google Maps, whatever the map solutions are, they're looking for a service provider. So making sure that in your descriptions of your service, you are addressing the problems that they are looking for. REST method solutions for back pain as your title, your description of your services, making sure that the area that you cover in those services, specifically with Yelp, showing that you can cover all of San Francisco is something that you want to make sure you're doing. Be as visible as you can. And the only service that I've heard of that can help you master online visibility is a service called Yext, Y-E-X-T. There might be other service providers that can help you manage your profile across multiple different local placements. But, you know, I would take a good look at that. The other thing you could do in terms of local visibility, some things that came to mind are 
doing some out of home advertising. So this is something as simple as branding your car, driving around the neighborhood so people can see local back pain. And it might seem a little gimmicky, but there are also other solutions that are out there to have branding wrapping a truck or a bus that are more transportation related that cover a large portion of San Francisco. I mean, for you, keeping your impression levels, so the amount of time people see your advertising, not only high, so people understand your brand and have some recall, but keeping them consistent and staying in front of people because you don't know when they're going to have the acute problem of back pain is going to be important. There's the idea of doing some guerrilla marketing, going and handing out marketing collateral in places where you think people are likely going to be having the symptoms that you're trying to help them solve could be interesting. This is as simple as handing out flyers on the Google campus or, you know, the Twitter campus or places where there are a lot of working professionals that are men that are relatively young and in your target market. Building relationships with the companies that have a lot of people that are working for them and putting in long hours is another thing that you can do. So, you know, like staying visible locally, I think is an important thing to focus on. And I think you're doing a pretty good job of that. The other idea in terms of local marketing is doing some direct mail, and this can be expensive, but you can test it for relatively cheap. There's a service called lob, lob.com that I've used where you can target a zip code and you can send a piece of what they call area mail, either commercial or residential. And so for you, you can reach people at home, test whether that works and pick a specific zip code create a piece of marketing collateral. It's going to cost a couple thousand bucks, but seeing if you can send direct mail to the people that are around your office might be a worthwhile test if you have the budget to put it in there. The other thing that sticks out to me is you mentioned building content. And I have some mixed emotions about this because you're a local business. So spending time on producing a blog content and positioning yourself to be an expert in back pain is important, but it only matters if you're reaching people locally. So I would focus your content on positioning yourself to be the local expert on solving back pain. And as you're doing search engine optimization, making sure that you're saying that you solve problems for people that work in San Francisco, that's highly related to the industries that are important here are tech, finance, healthcare. So talking about some of the chronic problems that face people in the Bay Area and making sure that you're weaving that in will help you rank higher, not only for back pain, but it doesn't matter if somebody in Boston looking for a local provider find you, you need people in San Francisco. So in the content you're producing, I would make sure that you position it to be about the local problems that people are having. But using social media to engage, when I mentioned earlier that some people might be broadcasting that, damn it, my back hurts this week. One of the things that I did at the startup that I founded was it was a guitar lesson startup and I would go onto Twitter and search for how to guitar. So anybody that was using those keywords, how to guitar was likely looking to learn how to play guitar. So you can look for people on the social networks that are saying trigger words like back pain episode or back pain San Francisco search for those keywords and then respond to them. And you can even hire someone to do the responses for you using a service called Upwork, which is where you can hire somebody that is offshore that is less expensive than hiring somebody that is a local provider or doing it yourself. You can go find somebody to look for everyone that is saying back pain San Francisco 
and have a templated response. Hey, if you're suffering from back pain in San Francisco, we have a service that can help you overcome your issues. Here's a link. That doesn't have to be you providing it. You can find somebody that is, you know, in the Philippines with great language skills that you're going to pay $5 an hour instead of having to pay somebody 15 or 20. So, you know, when people are broadcasting that they have this pain, you can be responsive and don't have to spend a ton. I think at the end of the day, you hit the nail on the head that a lot of the local businesses are built around reputation and referrals. So doing your networking is going to be important. Keeping relationships with your customers, checking in with them. Your newsletter is great, but also sending them personal emails. Again, you can use Mixmax to follow up with your existing customers. Here are the people that I had come in last month. Send them an email checking in how they're doing. And then also asking them for help. Hey, I hope that my services provided value to you. We want to help more people in the community suffering with similar problems. If you know anyone that is suffering from back pain, here are the things that you can share with them. I will provide them with a discount. I'll give you a discount off your services if you ever have an episode, if you're a referrer, but you never get what you don't ask for. So formalizing the referral program as well, I think is another way to go. At the end of the day, when you're thinking about marketing a local service, right, you are a local service provider, your visibility in geography, focusing your content so it speaks specifically to the issues that people that are local are having and building your network, whether it's professionally or with your consumer and formalizing your referral program and keeping those connections going, the networking component those are the things that come to my mind and the tools that I would recommend that you look at. Mixmax is great for automating your outreach and making it easier and faster to respond quickly. Yext, if you're doing local optimization in terms of your local visibility, and then Upwork, if you're looking for more work hours and you can't take them on yourself, you can find low-cost labor for people that are educated, have great language skills. You're sort of taking advantage of the economics of geography. But that's another place that I would look for extra help. You don't have to pay 15 to $25 an hour for somebody local to be doing administrative work. You can lower the cost of that by offshoring it. And then you get into how do you communicate with those people? And you might want to use tools like Slack and obviously email as well. So yeah, that's pretty much the things off the top of my head that I would think about that you should try. But for the most part, I think you're headed in the right direction of developing relationships with your network and getting referrals and content visibility and continuing to develop word of mouth. Well, Ben, off the top of your head, that's an amazing set of options. And I just want to say I really appreciate this. And I'm glad that this is being recorded because I was taking notes and I was like, wait a minute, I can listen to this again on your podcast. So I do have a couple of questions. So there is, of course, the budget question. So I'm a local small shop. I'm a sole proprietor. And as you said, marketing is not my field. So everything that I do in this area is in addition to doing what I view as being the real work, which is the time that I spend in the room with people, you know, one-on-one -on -one working on their pain recovery. So with limited budget, time, and energy, is there one, or maybe I'll give you two, that you would say are absolute must-haves? Absolutely. The first thing I would do is more of a one-time effort. 
So it's worth investing the time to make sure that you are submitting your service to be indexed in all of the local service providers. That's just a basic blocking and tackling. Just go on to Yelp, make sure that your listing is up to date. You know, that's where kind of the Yext service comes in. So like in terms of the investment, you have to do that once and then it's done. Make sure that you're just as visible as you can where people are going to be looking for your service. And that's just establishing your brand and putting your flag up so it's visible. The second thing I would do that is a lower cost service, and this is more about networking than it is about a marketing activity specifically, is building out the program where you are reaching out to and staying in touch with your network, trying to expand it as well. So the personalized one-on-one outreach that I mentioned you could use the tool Mixmax for, creating your email templates, your $25 a month for the service, and going to Upwork and paying somebody 5 to $7 an hour to create a list for you of all of the local providers, right? Go find a research assistant to go through Yelp and find all of the healthcare providers, yoga studios, massage therapists in a local area, put all their contact information in a list. You go and you create the templates that you want to send for outreach and the $25 for Mixmax to be able to send 50 emails at a time. And then you have this backlog of people that you can reach out to and you can batch your outreach and just make that a consistent process and understand how much time it takes. To me, that is probably going to be your best bang for your buck, staying on top of your existing network and trying to grow that network as much as you can and trying to cultivate referrals. I think the personal outreach and email marketing is always my first thing that I focus on. And then as you start to expand and you have a bigger budget, you can test some of these other channels and spend more time on content and advertising and all the other channels. Thank you. The other question might be opening up something a little wider than what we want to get into today, but this has to do with competition, which as I'm learning about this, I've had a number of people say, well, competition is a good thing, right? It shows that there's a need in the area that you're offering your service. I just wanted to ask generally what your thoughts are about that in terms of the other local service providers and professionals who are also out there seeking to reach and to help people with low back pain. Often these are practitioners, in my case, like chiropractors or physical therapists, where I see a possibility of close collaboration because there's something that I offer that really complements and can build on what someone receives, for example, from physical therapy or chiropractic care making that case to those providers and also making the case to the customer. So both the B2B and the B2C, where there's also often kind of a sense of potential competition. Yeah. Look, when I started the MarTech podcast, there were other people that were doing podcasts that were titled MarTech. And there are other marketing podcasts that are out there. And it didn't dissuade me from getting into this industry. You know, I think that the bigger concern, A, you should focus on your business first before you worry about the competition. And if you are finding a signal that shows that people are interested in your service, what other people are doing is pretty irrelevant. I wouldn't worry too much about it. It's not like they are trying to eat your lunch and evict you from your building and stop you from practicing. There's probably enough people suffering from the problem to fill lots of providers' schedules. Sure, the end consumer is deciding between your service and someone else's at times, I would worry more about how you're positioning and optimizing for the people that are getting to your front door first. 
before I worry about everyone else. And I think you hit the nail on the head. There's probably more opportunity to partner with people that are trying to solve the same problem than they are going to be trying to stop you from reaching your prospective clients. I so agree. Thank you for saying that. So for lack of a better term, and I'm going to be a little crass, if they take a competitive attitude towards you, fuck them. You know, <laughs> like, it's just not worth the time. Yes, there's lots of providers that are out there. Is there going to be one provider that dominates the lower back pain care industry in San Francisco? I doubt it. It's going to be spread thin. And what matters is that you're able to find enough business and grow your business. I would look more for collaboration than I would worry about competition. And that's a part of the networking is you're going to reach out to some people and they're going to say thanks, but no thanks. Or they're going to ask you about ideas that you have and maybe try to copy them. And there's always some risk in the market, but you do you first before you worry about everybody else. Great. I almost threw out a you do you boo-boo and that might be a little <laughs> much. And on that note, Rachel, you know, I appreciate you coming in. I think that there's lots of local service providers that struggle and think about how to market their service. And I think what you're doing is great. And as somebody who's suffered from chronic back pains at time, and I know lots of people that do, and you're really addressing my target market, I just want to say thank you for doing the work that you do and for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for the invitation and all of the wisdom of your experience. I really appreciate that very much. And for anyone in the Bay Area who's potentially struggling with chronic back pain flares, and as Ben said earlier, you know, hoping to prevent the flare-ups from becoming a fire, I'd like to offer a free consultation call. And you can sign up for that via my website, restmethod.com. That's rest-method.com. And then also to offer a discount on a sample session with me if you actually want to come in after that. All right. Well, Rachel, I appreciate you being generous to the San Francisco listeners to the MarTech podcast. And thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Rachel Lanzarotti, the founder of The Rest Method for Pain Recovery, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Rachel, you can click on the link in our show notes to her LinkedIn profile. You could send her a tweet or an Instagram post at Rest Method, which is R-E-S-T-M-E-T-H-O-D, or you could visit her website, which is rest-method.com, R-E-S-T-M-E-T-H-O-D.com. A couple of links in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for all of our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every workday. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we have a once a week newsletter that has links to our audio players, episode summaries, and contact information for our guests. To have more MarTech in your inbox, subscribe by going to benjshap.com slash newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks again to Rachel. And until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.